Voices of the Elephant is proudly sponsored by SiteGround.com, a leader in website hosting and a terrific partner for all your website projects. Their top-notch technologies will make your websites fast and secure. Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. My name is Cal Evans. I'm your host, and my special guest today is Michael Lochimem. Say hi, everyone, Michael. Oh, hi there. Uh, I'm Michael. I'm a uh, PhD aficionado from Kampala, Uganda. Um, I, uh, I I have many interests. Uh, when I'm, you know, like um, I write, I write uh, my books out. Um, uh, what else I do? Oh, I, I play basketball whenever I'm not, you know. Whenever I'm not, you know, writing code or you know, writing articles or you know, doing any of that mm -hmm. stuff, um, love video games too. You know, just young people stuff. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> it is young people stuff. We're going to talk about your book in just a minute because um, that's functional programming and that's a topic I love to hate. But um, first, right. let let's talk about how you got into programming. Give us your hero backstory. How did you get into programming, and how did you get into PHP? Right. First off, um, wow, hero. I I I think that's 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 <laughs> hyperbole. I, I think that's hyperbole. But anyway, um, how did I get into programming? Is I started with yeah, you know, I started hacking together, um, you know, C to create you know console applications. I remember watching you know just a bunch of tuto tutorials from from the new Boston, um, and. I slowly, you know, uh, made my transition to the web once I, you know, got introduced to the idea of, you know, building dynamic websites. Is, I mean, you, you can trace, you can trace, you know, like like the origins of, um, uh, you know, my my programming career to, you know, to writing, you know, markup, you know, um, in high school. But, I mean, markup really isn't considered a programming language now, is it? Um, but yeah, but you know, it started with C plus plus. Um, actually, I, I think I think my dad was drunk when I decided when I first decided to like make the you know make the dive. Yeah, it's, I'm probably oversharing, but like um, I am. But uh, but yeah, but um, yeah, started started with some C plus plus. Then I got introduced to the idea of you know like um, dynamic websites, and I thought to myself. Okay, this is definitely something interesting, right? Um, fetch data from from a database and convey it, you know, it, you know. Um, so I got into PHP because I don't think there's a, uh, you know, I don't think there's a language that does it better than PHP. Like, hey, fetch something from a database and just convey it. Like, I don't think there's few languages that can do it um, the same way PHP does. And um, since then, I've just, you know, kept learning, you know, familiarized myself with, you know, even more programming languages. Actually, I, uh, I had, a, there's, there's a period where I, uh, I did some desktop programming. There's some time, I did some desktop programming, Tickle TK and TK Enter. So I played around with some Python stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I did some QT stuff with C++. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been all over the place, but now I'm, uh, I'm confident in my, uh, my abilities as a, uh, as a PhD, PhD developer. I, uh, I like JavaScript. I particularly particularly like React JS, um, mm-hmm. React Redux, that type of that type of stack. Um, uh, also, I I've gotten into this uh, this Lisp dialect. It's called Janet. Um, mm. I've written some Elm. So yeah, um, you know I'm a bit all over the place. And C plus plus. Oh my goodness, C plus plus. Because <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But like I. Uh, I also recently got into building PHP extensions. I'm actually going to talk about it um, next week, I think, um, over at uh, Web Engineering uh, Aachen. Um, so yeah, um, I'll be talking about um, building, really getting started with, with, with you know building PHP extensions. So yeah, primarily you know PHP, JavaScript, um, C++. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. But the origin is, hey man, started with C plus plus, you know, um, you know, and then worked my way up to you know PHP and playing around with the with stuff on the web. So yeah. Now it's time for you to be a game changer with the Ring Central Developers Game Changer Program. Grow your skills, help others in the community, and get rewarded with awesome prizes like Ring Central swag conference tickets, software, iPads, computers, and so much more. Don't just be a developer, be a game changer and join the program today. For more information, visit developers.ringcentral.com. Very cool. Yeah, you've um, got a wide variety of languages there. And I always find that fascinating because that really allows you to pick the right tool for the job. I mean, if you only know one tool, then, you know, if you've only got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So uh, I I really like programmers that have a wide breadth of a a, um, breadth of knowledge. Hey, You've got a book out, and I'm going to throw a link in the show notes to people that uh, want to look look at your book. The um, topic is functional programming. Right. I had um, my good friend Larry Garfield on a, a little bit ago, and he's talk. He yeah. talks a lot about functional programming as well. Larry's a big proponent of it. Um, like yeah. I said in the intro, it's a topic I love to hate because I've looked at functional programming, and it's just one of those things that I I, I just don't get. Talk to us a little bit about why you think functional programming is important for PHP developers. Right. Um, well, first off, you said something about you know loving to hate you know functional programming. Um, I uh, you know you know like I'm, I'm you know like with the people I talk to like they they struggle to understand you know the verbiage like it's uh, it can get too arcane sometimes right so I I think that. That's that's probably one of the biggest, you know, um, you know, one of the biggest deterrents to, to familiarizing yourself with with the paradigm. But why is functional programming re- you know relevant to a uh, PhD developer? Well, number one, functional programming is in the zeitgeist right now. It's in the uh, programming zeitgeist right now. See, um, and man, I'm I'm uh, gonna try to do the best I can to sound a lot older than I actually am. But like, but uh, yeah, right. So, and so um, 
the seminality of functional programming can be traced back to the Lambda calculus created by Alonzo Church. And that naturally found its way to um, sort of mathematical and computing, computing principles um, uh, uh, you know, put forward by Alan Turing. We still use some of them today. And so mm-hmm. what happened up until the 70s was, you know, um, uh, programming using, using linear, using, using algebras um, and mathematical constructs was, was commonplace, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, a lot of things started happening is there's a paradigm shift is, you know, um, we moved away from, you know, from, you know, algebras to now, uh, you know, to, to now linear instructions, right? So, you know, after that, you know, you got like, you know, small talk, right? That, that started gaining some traction, right? Yep. A lot of these O uh, um, languages started getting some traction. It's funny because OO is actually, was actually uh, um, uh, originally, you know, created as an offshoot FP principle, but it's, you know, you, you'll get all of that in the book, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, um, you know, you have all these things happening, right? And you have a, you know, um, a paradigm shift away from what, what you'd imagine to be, you know, functional programming principles. Now they have had a resurgence in recent times because, um, well, the paradigm, which for a while was, you know, just um, considered to be, um, you know, um, you know, a language whose who's, um, who's biggest proponents are just college nerds and college professors. I mean, look at Haskell. Haskell was created by a bunch of, you know, like college professors, like, you know, but like, it's, it's, you know, like the paradigm is, you know, had something akin to a resurgence and you get it in, you know, like in JavaScript now, um, you have it in even, you know, Python, a, a plethora of languages is, it's not just, um, it, it's not just, you know, um, the fullness of the ideas. It's, it's not just category theory. That's, that's really making a comeback in, in programming parlance. It's not really... It's not just um, you know monads that are making you know um, a comeback in like like programming parlance. It's it's really simple principles. Is certain things that you do um, composition. Um, you know, basically combining two functions is com- combining x number of functions is you know um, it, you know uh, there's you know using expressions really like that's the lingua franca of of, of functional programming. You know, it cuts across all languages and you know whatnot is um, so you know when you really think about it um, you know the paradigm is in the zeitgeist the number two is you're probably doing things that are already inherently functional <laughs> like you know you're probably like when you use expressions expression could be anything from adding two numbers right uh, simple two plus two is an expression per, you know programming expression um, you know concatenation foo um, period bar concatenate foo bar foo and bar create foo bar is that's you know that is yep. an expression right um you know there's a plethora of those and the thing is you do that every day so you know you compose functions every day is you might have um a uc first you know function call somewhere and then you might have a string to upper function that requires this uc first right is you're composing though in a traditional sense you're still composing 
which is a, mm -hmm. a functional aspect. So functional programming aspects, aspects. So in many ways, the paradigm hasn't really left. The paradigm um, hasn't really left. It's it's been around only. It's always been around. Um, it's just now there's certain things about about it being in the zeitgeist now, um, you know, that have allowed people to see its its you know its potencies, and therefore like just you know justify you know continued use in in your code. So. Um, you know, because it's, it's, you know, it, it's getting some traction again. Um, now people, you know, there, there's, you know, there's a greater, um, um, you know, uh, uh, dissemination of knowledge on the topic. There's more elucidatory material. So now you can, you know, now you can figure out, um, what exactly, you know, what, what, what the costs of doing something are, you know, what the implications of, 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 of taking a functional approach are is that's the idea is it's relevant to a, a PhD developer because, you know, PhDs, you know, modern language and, you know, um, well, you know, for a while it wasn't. And there's some people who are going to get mad at you for saying that, like, oh, it's, no, it's not, it is, it is, <laughs> stop it. But, uh, but, but yeah, but I, it's relevant to a PhD developer because of, you know, also because of the benefits that accrue to somebody from using, from, from harnessing the paradigm, right, is reduced complexity. You're writing functions. Functions are inherently immutable. They don't have any histories, so you're not necessarily, you know, you're you're not working with these things that you have to keep a long, you know, you know that you have to log continuously, like keep this this track, you know, you know, um, you know that that things that you have to constantly apprise yourself of, right? So, yeah, um, you know, reduce complexity. Um, and, and this 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 part's really really interesting. Because I mentioned that in my book as well, is working memory is such a you know is such a valuable finite resource, right? You have the average human brain has about four to seven fixed you know quanta um, of uh, uh, quanta. You could consider them like just just placeholders for um, for uh, for this information that is considered transient, you know. Because working memory is what you use for to perform like these day to day tasks and whatnot. Is you know when you write your code a certain type of way, right? If you write your code in an imperative way, or if you write your code in such a way that you have to keep track of the history of certain things, right? Um, if you write your code in a way that isn't, you know, that doesn't really, um, you know, favor Im immutability, then you're going to put a lot of strain on working memory. Functional programming basically allows you to alleviate that burden is it, it lightens the load. It's not like, it's 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 not a panacea. It's not going to fix all your problems because if if you're a bad programmer, you're a bad programmer and garbage in, garbage out, right? If you're you know, like you know, um, so if you can't accomplish a task, is you simply can't accomplish the task, and you have to learn how to accomplish that task. Is you know, um, functional programming isn't this silver bullet for everything, but ideally, what it does is it lightens the load. You know, makes it easy for you to write programs through composition. So I don't know if that's if, if, if Larry has said something similar, I've, I've, I, or, or any other person you've spoken to about functional pro programming has said anything similar, but it's relevant. Well, I can honestly say that that is um, a very unique answer, a, a very complete answer. Um, you know, a lot of times when I ask people questions along those lines, you know, why X, they, oh, it's cool. So you've given me much food for thought, and I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, hey, 
let's not wanting to um, cut you off there, but um, that, 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 cause that's a great answer, but I do want to uh, make time to make sure that we get to the fact that you've actually got a PHP extension out there. You were talking about the fact that you've programmed in C and you've actually got an extension out in Peckle now. Um, I think you said that you actually have Karma now on Peckle and you've pushed um, stuff there. Talk to us about what your extension is. Uh, well, first off, I've written maybe five extensions oh, wow. and there's two that I'm going to add to, to Peckle is okay. I have to go through a, a process. Um, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know who Remy is. Remy, yeah. Remy Colette. I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. I'm so sorry if I, but if I just butchered the pron pronunciation, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, um, he's been super helpful. So there's a, process you'd have to follow but I'm, I'm trying to get you know more extensions more of my more of my extensions on onto uh, uh onboarded onto peckle mm -hmm. now uh the one i was talking about is um about tries right is the one the one i uh, the mm -hmm. phd extension i built is, is is around tries well focused on tries so tries are these um uh data structures these these tree like these tree like data structures these um hierarchical uh data structures that are optimized for storing strings, right? Um, so uh, the robustness of the, of, of the API is such that you have, you have um, a basic try and you have a hat try, which is, hat try is a super optimized try, right? <laughs> I wrote an entire article on that. <laughs> but primarily, think of it this way, is if you want fast string searches, say, um, you're building a dictionary and you want to be able to, um, first off, like, like tries exist as key value pairings, similar to, to arrays. And if you look at the API is, there's so many similarities between how you can, you know, between uh, try usage um, mm -hmm. and with the extension now, array usage, right? Like there's, you know, um, array usage and hash table usage in PHP. So like, um, if you're building a, a, a dictionary or something um, that requires you to ref that 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 mandates that you reference you know storable artifacts in this case storable you know data structures um, by 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 string key then it makes sense to use a try because like I said tries are super optimized for that purpose right for mm -hmm. for searching uh, for searching uh, uh, and basically manipulating string data. That is stored inside of their jurisdiction. So um, there's a nice article on Medium. I don't know if you're going to link that, um, but there's a yeah. nice article on Medium that I wrote about about tries and the mechanism of the hat try, the mechanism of you know simple try. But primarily, what I've done is I've ported that. I've basically availed that to the PHE community um, hmm. via via an extension. So. Very cool. Yes, um, I will get the link to that article on Medium and throw a link, throw that link into the show notes. Hey, Michael, I want to thank you for that. That is um, it's fascinating to talk to people. And the, one of the great things about running a podcast is I get to talk to so many different people in the community. And my goal is to um, to try not to have the same person on in the same month or the same year. So I get to talk to a lot of different people, and it's wonderful 
uh, meeting you and getting to know you a little better. I look forward to some wonderful things coming forward or coming from you in the future. But I want to thank you for uh, spending some time with us, taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. And on behalf of the entire community, please please let me say thank you for the work that you're doing for the Peckle Extensions and all the work that you're doing to make the community a better place. Audience, thank you for joining us for another episode of Voices of the Elephant. Hey, I hope you have found this a valuable use of your time. Hey, do us a favor. If you like what you see or if you like what you hear, go out on your favorite podcasting network and leave us a rating. Five thumbs up, five stars, whatever you whatever you normally rate. Now, if there's something we can do better to better serve you, please drop me an email, cal at calevans.com. I would love to hear from you. I answer every one of the emails that I get. Thank you so much for being with us here on this episode, and we'll see you right here next week on Voices of the Elephant. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives, share and share alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is, of course, spelled E L E. P-H-P-A-N-T.